Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Present and Sober podcast. We still haven't got over the fact that the lady says, welcome, this meeting is now being recorded. So we were giggling away at that. Um, Okay, this week we have a treat for you. Last week we spoke a bit about, you know, finding happiness through external means. And we were talking about I'll be happy when... And obviously, substances and alcohol are one big external means that a lot of us have spent time searching for happiness or, you know, trying to escape things possibly as well. So I think we wanted to talk about the three layers of belief around this, which, Ellie, you spoke about in a previous podcast. Um, Go on, set us off. What are the three layers of belief? Um, And then we can break them down one by one and and go go deep on this. Yeah, so I, I think I referenced this in episode one. And I was talking about the, you know, the, the reasons why we drink and not necessarily just drinking, but, you know, the, um, you know, we, we, we do things because we want to feel a certain kind of way. So the, the, this could be related to any substance. So, you know, we, yes, we can talk specifically to alcohol, but the, the three layers of belief are substance, society and self. So this is something that, we learn about in this naked mind methodology and you know you're right smack bang in the middle of your training right now so you'll be um midway through all of this um and the way that you might want to draw three circles sam whilst i'm talking and then we can we can we can do a little bit of a visual for the people that that can watch this on video but i'm on it um (laughs) okay get get your crayons out i'm good at circles Um, (laughs) like um art attack from the 80s or what was that one with Morph and Tony Hart? I can't remember anyway. So uh, substance um, is the, the first layer of belief. And uh, where we have beliefs about the substance, they sound very much like, I like the taste, uh, drinking relaxes me. Mm-hmm. So it's where we believe that there is a specific benefit to consuming the substance. And those sorts of beliefs are relatively, I was about to say relatively easy. They're they're the easiest layer of beliefs to work on. And where people have gone into any of the This Naked Mind programs, things like the alcohol experiment, the free alcohol experiment, or the live alcohol experiment, that is very much what um, those two programs are about. So it's dealing with the, and, and if you read this Naked Mind, the book, or the Alcohol Experiment, the book, you'll see these liminal points where um, we talk about the, the most common beliefs about the substance and help to um, uh, get people to think differently about those beliefs and change those beliefs. So they're, they're the, the easiest level. And then you sort of bury a layer in and you're now into society and beliefs about society and those beliefs are trickier because it's involving the world around us and the interplay of relationships and these sorts of beliefs are much more 
like, uh, you know, where we are drinking to fit in with a certain crowd or where drinking is something that is um, holding a relationship together or seemingly holding a relationship together. You know, what am I going to do if, um, if I don't drink and, and my partner does? Um, so that, that's the next layer of belief. And then the, the core, the, 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 the most central part is beliefs about self. And those are the really, really tricky beliefs to deal with because they usually come down to a couple of things and, and self-worth is usually the, the big one. Um, but uh, I don't know, did you have a specific belief, a specific self-belief, Sam, that you could share? Um, we spoke about this in a previous podcast, but I think probably that thing of like, I'm not complete, like mm. life is not enough. Mm. Um, you know, I need something in order to make it. It was kind of like playing out in my behavior. Like I, you know, the idea that I would ever just go and like sit in a cafe with a, like now I can, I can go and sit in a cafe with a soda water or a decaf coffee without any kind of psychoactive substance and mm. love my life. That mm -hmm. idea five, six, seven years ago would have been wild to me. It's like, no, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Hang on a minute. You need mm -hmm. this and then you need this and then you need this, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. you know, and then many more, many more as well, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So these, uh, you know, we've, we've all got a combination of all of them. You know, we have diff different makeup of them. Uh, and, and often what you and I will see in our coaching practices is that people will have... Um, some of the, the belief the beliefs about substance but they will often come to us because they are stuck with the beliefs about uh society and self so um if, if you've done your drawing you could sh show the the sort of the, the three circles that we have um and you can imagine that dealing with the the outermost ring um of beliefs about here we go. Here comes the drawing. Brace I'm, yourselves, I'm folks. I'm doing it. I'm doing it live because I'd drawn the circles, but then I hadn't um... I'd done it the wrong way. <laughs> no, no, I had. Yes, and something had... else entirely. No, it's self. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Self society <laughs> and substance. Okay, those of you watching will just about to learn just how incredible my drawing in fact is look at that yeah there we are so so that outermost ring usually when people come to samurai they've done some work on substance uh, level beliefs um but the it, it's usually people get stuck with the with the beliefs about society or the beliefs about self and that is where coaching comes into its own a really interesting reflection i've had ellie and i don't know I don't know if I've spoken to you about this before and I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to get your perspective on this is that for a lot of my journey through this stuff, I would always feel okay and felt like I had it when I was reading like Quitlet of one way or another. <clears throat> right. So if I was reading um, this naked mind or alcohol explained or, you know, the sober diaries or all of the amazing books that are out there, um, and, you know, it would, those books would like do a fantastic lot of like drilling into the, the substance level beliefs and they would like, well, mm. I'd work through them and I'd be like, yes, okay. And I'd have this sense of like real sense of security, like I've got this. And then I would put them down. And then after a few weeks, unbeknown to me, there'd be these kind of society and self beliefs that I hadn't perhaps worked on to the extent that I needed to, that would bubble up. And then I would 
you know, fall back into old patterns or my thinking would change and would, I would think. So I think mm. possibly if that's a, pa- a pattern that you notice yourself and you're always seeking out there, like the next book, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, it may be a mm. hint that there are things going on below the, the surface um, that are worth bringing to light. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, my, my experience was, that, so when I first found this naked mind and I learned the science of how alcohol works with the brain and body, it, it just, it blew away the biggest, so the biggest belief that I had was a substance belief and it was that drinking relaxed me and that it relieved stress. And that can be disproved so quickly by learning the science. And so with, and, it, and, and I can remember exactly how I felt at this point in time. When, when I changed that belief, it was the strangest feeling because I went from, you know, thinking that alcohol was the thing that was holding it all together for me um, as my, you know, escapism at the end of the day to um, realizing that, that, that there's this other way and uh, just how liberating that, that would be like, I don't have to do this anymore. But of course, the edge, and I think I talked about this in the first episode. So whilst I had this like rapid change in my mindset there, and I was very excited and curious about the future, there was a layer of, um, and this would be the societal stuff for me, a layer of nervousness, mm-hmm. fear possibly. And I, and I say that gently because I was not phased by it. Um but a very real, like there, there's a lot of cultural conditioning. You know, I've, I've, I've drank for 25 years. So there's a, there's a lot there to unpick. And the questions come up of, you know, well, what am I going to do when it gets to barbecue weather? And what am I going to do um, when everyone's drinking out on the patio? And what am I going to do when I go to a wedding and, uh, you know, the first festival or gig or whatever? Um, now I wasn't going to answer all those questions immediately, but that, that was the, um, I suppose the first indication that there was more under the surface and my experience then played out that there were a couple of other really big substance beliefs that I had. I thought I liked the taste, which I dealt with through mindful drinking. And I also thought that I liked the way that it made me feel that initial tipsy feeling where your blood alcohol content's rising. I thought that I really liked that. And I suppose I, you know, uh, I probably did like that initial 20 minutes, but quite quickly it feels very different, but I'd never paid attention to it. So those beliefs, you know, come 1st of January when I went into the live alcohol experiment back in 2020, I was free from substance beliefs, I would say. But when you remove alcohol and you are living with full clarity, all of the other stuff starts to bubble up. Yep. And so for myself, there, as with everybody, there's, there was a whole raft of stuff. The societal stuff for me was very much um, about like the obstacle is the way, which is incidentally a great book. book. The only way is through. And I'm talking to a, a new group of clients about this at the moment that I'm coaching. The only way is through. So get yourself to that music festival, alcohol free, and see what you learn because it's going to be an amazing experience and you, you won't believe it until you are on the other side of it. Um, and then the self stuff, the self stuff is, is uh, a, a really m- a much bigger subject. And that is where we need to find other 
in my my belief is we need to find other other support that is suitable and appropriate for the things that we we uncover because some of the things that I uncovered I never like my memory of my childhood um is and and actually my adolescence is is very very sketchy and some of the things that came up really really surprised me so it can be a very tricky place to go without support so I would absolutely advocate that that people um, find the relevant support for them yeah that's true whether that's you know coaching therapy counselor whatever it is that works for you and your journey yeah it's funny that I agree it's um I don't think I really started this is the layers of freedom as well like I talk to people as well you like as you move through your journey of being alcohol free, there's kind of like layers of freedom. So like you deal with the substance levels beliefs and you're like, okay, I feel free. And you're like, yeah, this is great. I feel really, really good. And then, you know, mm. once I really dealt with the society levels and, and, and some of that is about, you know, actually action that builds new beliefs. So it's kind of like, if somebody says to you at the beginning, you know, you prove to yourself that something is true, but you've still been living in this old sort of world and belief system. Well, for mm. a really interesting thing, thing for me with society was, you know, I definitely had all those beliefs of, you know, we need alcohol to celebrate. We need, you know, you know, it helps you relax, you know, it helps you relax around other people when you're in a party, yes. for example, yeah. this kind of like shared idea that we have. Um, but actually when I built my own community that was, was a group of people who weren't drinking or for whom drinking wasn't the most important thing to them. Suddenly I built, walked into a different belief system and I was like, Oh, there's another story. But the thing with the self is because of so many of those beliefs are really buried deep in our subconscious. You know, when I spoke, I've spoken again and again about this idea that I felt like I was this puzzle that fell apart. We were talking about it last week. Like, I think it's sometimes like if someone sort of says to you, oh, well, they're all of the pieces where I can show you through science and logic where these bits fit. And you're like, oh, right. Okay. And then, you know, you get to the next bit and like, you can kind of figure out where these other bits, because you can build a new, you know, a different sort of friendship group and you can start to look at things or you can change how you interact with your current friendship group mm. um, so that it works for everybody. But then the last bit, the sense of self, it's like, well, you don't know what you don't know. It's like, you don't yeah. know what's happening. So the reason the reason that you can invite somebody else in to help you is kind of like, well, maybe, maybe there's something there where you feel like you can't cope without alcohol. Mm. But it's not playing out as a thought because it's mm. deeper than that. You're not sitting there thinking to yourself, I can't cope without alcohol. It's just that every time you have an intense emotional reaction, the craving jumps in. So no matter what you do, that keeps happening. So you're having these like, you know, you read it, you've read the book or you've read this and you read that, you feel great. Everything's perfect. Everything on the outside of you is jogging along just fine. The job's not that bad. Then that day comes, bang, that thing happens. The intense emotional reaction. And the next thing you know, you're like, why am I, why is this happening again? Why am I sat in these deep, insane cravings for something that I just do not want anymore? Mm. And, you know, it's probably very likely because there is something going on in there that needs to be brought to light and working with somebody who can sort of say, well, well, when are those times that it's happening? Mm. Let's take a step back and let's really have a look for the clues. Let's look for the kind of the, the clues that that might be leaving and, and, and work through that stuff. So mm. ultimately true freedom, true, true freedom from this and getting to the point where you feel that real release, um, 
does involve a bit of walking through the fire sometimes does involve a bit of like walking back to those beliefs at the level of self yeah and i i love how you describe that as layers of freedom because that's that, that is truly what it is and to see somebody like the transformation of somebody that starts off in that place that you've described where they wouldn't necessarily articulate it with a thought um or a series of words but it's well this this particular circumstance triggers me this is what happens this is how I feel and it's and it's usually then like a very common one is I'm not strong enough you know I I can't do this without um numbing myself like people don't want to feel their emotions Mm -hmm. they'll you know run in the opposite direction reach for anything again it doesn't have to be alcohol it can be you know any means of checking out but it's it's this belief that um you're somehow not capable you know you're you're not whole enough you're not capable enough to deal with life as it is and and people could kind of brush that off that's not me that's not me but if you have any any kind of um uh pull to alcohol like so let's take drinking as an example right because i will often and where people are in a like i mentioned relationships before so I see this so much where a lady, typically, um, I typically coach women, a lady will be coaching with me and um, she will be going alcohol free. And yet her, her partner, her husband, her significant other, whoever that is, will continue to drink. And I remembered like one specific example where I... Um, I had somebody talking to me about a specific situation. It was one of those moments that we could all relate to of something happens that's stressful and you go, oh, I need a drink. <laughs> need a drink. Or, oh, let's celebrate this. I need a drink. Because, <laughs> you know, how often do we say that? And, of course, she's in this position where she's alcohol-free and so she's not drinking and would choose, I don't know, an alcohol-free wine or a tea or something else entirely. And... Uh, her partner insisted on having whatever this alcoholic drink was of choice. And it was kind of interesting because if, if that individual had no, if there was no charge there whatsoever to the, I need a drink and there was no belief under that, under that, no true belief, then that person could have skipped the, drink in that case and they would have been quite happy with a glass of milk or whatever else you know playing with it a little but people it's it's very easy to think this isn't me this doesn't affect me but how many people do you know because I I only know I've got a lot of friends that drink and there's a there's a very small minority of them that if I said to them alcohol doesn't exist anymore it's been banned everywhere nobody produces it like you cannot get an alcoholic drink anywhere there are a handful of them i can count them on one hand at a go okay that thought experiment is really really interesting i mean i was so deep into the society level beliefs about alcohol that i thought everybody consumed alcohol heavily it was just like, to me, it was just like, this is what everybody mm. does. Do you know, mm. one really interesting thing that I've realized after going on this journey over the past few years is that actually not everybody is addicted to alcohol, right? 
there are some people who aren't. And my partner, interestingly, Robin, she's one of those people. She has never really been able to drink a lot of alcohol because she's had issues with her stomach. And so she's, you know, she's big into dancing. She goes out all the time, all the rest, but she has learned to have fun without it. And she, I know for a fact that, that she will have maybe one or two, I think in the last year, she's probably had two beers. I mean, she had one a couple of months ago and she just took like three or four sips and then just, just left it. You know, mm. this is just not something mm. I could ever have done. And these people do exist. They are not that common, but the guardrails, like for Robert, it's for interesting because for her, you know, physically there's that guardrail up yes. of, of she couldn't really drink more. So she, and you know, the amazing thing is that to her, she has really interesting ideas about things that seem backward to me. So for example, back when she used to, uh, when she was in her early twenties, she was going on dates. She'd be like the first date's easy. That's the bit where you just go out and have fun and chat it. Like then it gets hard and then it gets like going to know each other. And, but for most of us, it's like the other way around. It's like, Oh my Mm. God, that first date is I'm going to get myself absolutely sloshed, you know? So it's really interesting how those things play out but i think those thought experiments are really important questions like um yeah there's some really powerful questions that question that you said if alcohol didn't didn't exist like how would you feel or if i offered to give you a million pounds today but you could never drink again would you yeah. take it yeah. yeah right those questions are powerful and even something like you know because we there's all these questions flying around all over the internet like am i an alcoholic am i this but they kind of don't really get to the crux of the point. Often they're, they're not useful. A, really, a much more useful question is, if I stopped drinking today, would my life improve? Yeah. Yeah. If the answer is, I know for a fact that for like, for, you know, there are some people out there for whom the small amount they drink um, does not impact their life, right? And they could honestly say no. But if, you, if your honest answer to that question is, yes, my life would improve, then there's something to look at there because why wouldn't you want to be living your best life mm-hmm. i do wonder though how much when when you're in the thick of it like before i knew what i knew if somebody had said to me would would your life improve by removing alcohol mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been like i wouldn't have had the capacity to think that that was possible because my beliefs was were such that like I need, it. I, I needed it to relax. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's an interesting um, point. So I, I, I think there's like, I, w- I would never want that to be a barrier to anybody because like in that instance of the, 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 um, the client and her significant other and, and, and this, as I say, I've, I've seen this so many times now. It's, it's not a case of, it's not an issue for the partner. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue yet for the partner, like mm-hmm. in conscious awareness. And, you know, just very basically, there's a, there's, there's a biological difference between women and men. And there's lots of reasons why women typically will get there faster. Um, but there's a real, like my worry for people is that, and it, this goes right back to where we started with the, why, you know, why we set the podcast up in the first place, this misconception that there are two types of people. There are people that can drink and people that can't drink. Mm-hmm. So the, the handful of friends that I know that, you know, if, if alcohol was no longer available and they'd just go, hmm, all right, then that is, they're literally just as you, as you've, you've described with Robin, they drink next to nothing. Yeah. You know, like I remember going out with one, like my, one of my dearest friends 
this is when I was a drinker and we'd go out and everyone orders a cocktail and you know we, we've all drank our first drink and she's literally a third of the way through her first and you're at that like you know come on I surely drink it faster we need to you know we, we want to get the next round in sort of thing and um she'd be the person that would she might have a second drink but she would leave it she'd like leave half of it she couldn't finish it <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> this isn't drinking as I know it but those, those people, they're just, you know, again, and it comes back to the, the, the way the science of how alcohol works. Like you have to, you have to drink enough of it regularly enough. Um, so, you know, you, the, the, on, the only way to never have a problem is to never, never well, drink it at yeah. all. That's the inter- I was just about to jump in there and say the interesting reflection on this as well is, and yet it's like the people, you know, that might smoke, you know, a cigarette a year or something. It's like, and yet they smoke the cigarette a year or... Yeah. The, you know, so for example, like my mum, like she has, you know, she might like have half a cider when she goes to the pub, like every now and again. Um, you know, my, my dad will drink a few pints or whatever, but she, you know, but she doesn't leave it. She does take that. And I think some of that is because of the society levels of belief. It's like because mm. you, when you sit in a pub, you know, you, you buy a drink, you know, and I can actually, this is a really funny reflection. Um, my, I remember my dad apologizing to a bar lady once for the fact that I didn't drink. <laughs> I can remember him going to the bar and it being so clear that he was way more uncomfortable about the fact that one of his sons doesn't drink because my brother, my bro still drinks a lot less than he used to, to his, but so he literally went to the bar and said, I'd like two pints of beer, whatever it was, a soda water and a something else. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got one son that doesn't drink and one son that does. Do you have any on bongo, please? <laughs> yes. So good. Do you remember that from the 80s? <laughs> but that, but, but without that going off on too, too much of a tangent, this is the reality, right? There are yeah. some places you go to, and um, and it's like, well, what's the offering? Yeah. Well, you can have a Kiara or, or a Caliber. And I remember, a di- like a, di- and a, a di- pop. yeah, it's it's awful. Um, a, a friend of um, a friend, a client of mine, um, getting married, right? And she's. You know, and, the, and the, she's with the wedding venue, and they're talking about you know how, how much wine do you need and all of this, and she's got a lot of stuff going on with regards to it. But the offering for her was like Zippo, um, and and at one point I think um, I can't remember whether she was going to organise her own like well you know I've, there's this particular drink that I like, can I you know because she can find some really good non-alcoholic alternatives these days, you wines all, all sorts. And she wanted to, I think she wanted to bring uh, her own specific wine. And, and bearing in mind that she's the bride, she's paying them a lot of money. The vast majority of the people that are going to be drinking and they'll be making their profit that way. And they wanted to charge her extra for bringing like her own, like couple of bottles of this wine. Or something. It's, it's absolutely fucking ludicrous. By the way, just as a side, this was my little revelation. That's the, the old Tanqueray. Zero, zero alcohol free <gasps> found that whilst I was on um, vacation with the kiddies and that I have to tell you is a revelation as a G&T it is wonderful definitely another podcast as well I wrote a blog post a while back about um, you know because it's quite triggering in the alcohol free community talking about alcohol free beverages um, you know and for how some people they're useful and for some people they're not as interestingly 
as a just quick insight into that and that is another definitely another podcast altogether mm-hmm. but i genuinely believe the reasons why some people can consume them and others can't is because of their beliefs is because oh, yeah. of the belief system and is because of where they're stuck at, at substance society and self because if you basically just convince yourself every day that you know you don't really deal with the idea that you still believe that alcohol does all those things it still relaxes you it does all of this you know society you know you still have all these beliefs and yet you build up this willpower to and you build these walls around you and you're like i'm just never going to go through it via willpower or you know i'm going to wake up and tell myself how much i hate it every day and that it's poison you know you are never ever obviously going to be able to go near something like a non-alcoholic beer right because it's going to cause some kind of triggering event mm-hmm. however if you spend a lot of time breaking down, well, just not even a lot of time, spend time breaking down these beliefs, then it may become something that's useful to you. Um, mm. And that's a different people, different paths. You know, it's like whatever works for you. And I, Ellie, it's funny, Ellie, I hadn't really thought your point was a really powerful point about not being able to even consider that your life might be able to improve. Because even at the time where I believed that my life was, I probably thought that, you know, I didn't really believe my life was going to be more fun. I didn't believe that like, you know, I thought alcohol was, I thought there was a real benefit to me, even when it was really horrible. Mm, mm. The one question that did really get to me was, is alcohol holding you back from being the person you know that you're meant to be? And I knew that through, through all the noise, for whatever reason that cut through to me so for somebody else it might be would my life improve without alcohol that might cut through for somebody yeah. else it's so there's all these different questions that are really powerful and again this is when you're working with somebody on the outside who can fire you these questions that just reframe things for you at the level of self society and substance then suddenly literally and i mean we've had this experience in a matter of seconds you can break through some of these things and shift them sometimes oh, not yeah. sometimes it takes a while but you really can you really can get to a point where you you're living this experience that you're like, well, why would I ever go anywhere near a, the alcohol? Mm. And and that is exactly why I, f- I fell in love with the methodology from this yeah, naked mind and w- wanted to train to be a coach because the, you know, my own experience of doing the work, the change was so vast and fast it was incredible and I think I've described it as being like magic and and that's exactly exactly how it was um yeah I'm, I'm excited about talking about alcohol-free alternatives yeah, and, Good one. and really exciting news we have got a very interesting and exciting first guest on the podcast Mm. and so that's going to be the conversation and um and this particular guest has a very uh interesting and relatable um backstory um uh so yeah well uh yeah very interesting i don't want to i don't want to say anymore on that because i I would like her to, to tell her own story but it's it's a really interesting one and very very topical with sort of the whole covid um situation that we still find ourselves in Nice little teaser there. Very mm. good. Um, before we drop the mic, um, as you do these days, I'm cool. Um, I One thing that does occur to me is that this was definitely my experience, and I think it's a lot of other people's, and I see it a lot on social media boards and feeds, people saying things like, what is wrong with me? I just can't stop. No matter, I hate this. No matter what I do, I just can't... Um, etc whatever kind of iteration of this comment um 
I think that's often a very clear signal that there are beliefs running somewhere mm. and you can't see them and that it's, you know, continuing oh, yeah. to do the same thing over and over again is not going to get to them. Like you got to really scratch the record and that might be getting a coach. That might be reading a book you've never read. That might be going and being brave and doing whatever it is for you. But, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 I would, I would underline that a couple of times. Nothing changes, nothing changes if nothing changes. And certainly what we're going to be doing in this podcast is arming people with lots of different resources because everybody's going to, find different things that work for them at different points in time and repetition is good. So going back and listening again is good, but there are specific tools and tactics um, that we've been trained in that we'll be bringing to the podcast throughout. Um, So we will make sure that we do our best to bring those in at the most appropriate time so that people sure. have got things that tactical things that they can work on and use in real time. Um, so this is kind of a, I suppose a bit of a pause on like, we wanted to lay out this and introduce this um, theme of different layers of beliefs for people to consider and dwell in that space for a while. But this conversation is far from done because then the next step is then we'll, you know, what, what do I do? What do I do about it? Hundred percent. Cool. But not for now, because I've got things to do. (laughs) A lovely little chin wag. I enjoyed that. I do enjoy our chin wags. They're good. It's good. Um, Well, look. I mean, this is one of those things where I think that might be a good place to leave it because I think we could just talk about this for hours, days, and weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that gives like a quite a nice kind of like umbrella, sort of insight into these layers. and yeah, I guess the both of us would definitely direct people toward, you know, This Naked Mind is a fantastic book at looking at these kinds of things, um, uh, as are many of the others, but they all they all tend to deal with breaking down these beliefs in their own way. Um, yeah, and, and the wonderful thing about both This Naked Mind and The Alcohol Experiment, the two books, uh, Annie Grace goes into detail with each of the most common beliefs about yeah. substance. So even for those of us that are, tight on time and um or or even just don't know where to start it's early days and you kind of don't know where to start with it the work is done for you Mm -hmm. so um it's a really 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 great starting point uh as is the you know going into something like the alcohol experiment which i mentioned early on and again that that is just very much about it's you you don't have to make any kind of commitment to not drinking other than it's an experiment and you might want to try to see what happens, but it's all about, it's a 30 day experiment where you, you just get to see what happens, get curious and see what happens and start to look into these beliefs about substance. And, you know, I've seen so many people go into it like I did with no intention other than to see what happens and hook me. It completely blows our world apart. And in a bloody good way, it's incredible. Yeah, it's very, very, it's weird to suddenly stick your head above the parapet and realize, whoa, there is however many different realities out there. There is as many different stories as I want to author. And like, you know, basically going into something like that gives you the power to start authoring your story. And real, and you know, to go back in time and, and author things that have happened in the past, so they empower you. Mm. Um, awesome. Oh, bang! Don't know what's going on. 
something's Ellie's roof's fallen off probably there's always the roof falling off <laughs> she generally looks worried like the roof might be falling off right, right we best leave it there <laughs> let's I go will, find um, out what that was yeah best, best go find out which part of my house is broken and um and we'll, we'll talk uh, to you lovely people soon yes um, we will cool lots of love take oh, good guys. care have a good week Hey Tribe, thanks again for listening. Somehow we are moving towards our fifth episode, sixth episode, sorry, look, I can't even keep up. Time is doing strange things, I'm sure you feel the same the last couple of years. Um, we really wanted to record that episode on layers of belief. We we know how important it is to understand what's going on and how empowering it can be to figure out what's going on with our belief systems, both consciously and unconsciously. And you know, this helps us set ourselves free from habits uh, and addictions that, we, that we're possibly uh, not at peace with. But you know, there's many other layers to that. It also helps us really understand the world around us and may it helps us to understand why other people may be behaving in the ways that they are and allows us to be more compassionate um, towards people uh, and to ourselves so that's an important piece of the puzzle exciting news next week we have got siobhan from what the doctor orders with us on the podcast it's going to be cool she's got an amazing story we are of course going to cover a lot of chat around uh, alcohol free drinks which is kind of her vibe that's her thing Uh, and it's a really interesting topic we know that it's uh, something that a lot of people have a lot of different perspectives on so if you're looking for a really interesting chat um, around many different things and siobhan's story um, is really really powerful and she's a wonderful person full of energy Uh, then make sure you tune in next week have an amazing week whatever you're doing wherever you are um, please go and leave us a review and you know spread the word get this get this message out there we have been overwhelmed with the amount of people that have been reaching out and telling us they're connecting with what's going on here so that makes us feel great because we're making a few people's lives bigger we hope and let's keep doing that together okay have an amazing week <laughs>